Hootie hoo. Hey guys, we are back with episode 12, and this is like take two, by the way. I swore I got so deep into this, and then, <laughs> I don't know, it paused or something. So, I'm kind of annoyed right now, but hopefully this still comes out better than what it was going to turn into. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to talk about mobility and transportation when it comes to people with disabilities, and at least in my case, for visually impaired and blind and so on and so on, all your little terms. Anywho, um, you know, when I was a kid, I took some mobility lessons when I was, I don't know, really early on, first, second, third grade, that area. And I didn't take to it the way they wanted me to. Um, I also didn't get to finish the classes because of the core, whatever you want to, I don't know what you wanted to call it, a course or whatever. Um, I had a good teacher. But I was so embarrassed about being visually impaired and looking different, even though I already did. And there was a bunch of kids like me that were visually impaired, but they, even they would try to tease me. Because it's like, oh, you're the one that's kind of succumbing to the, you need a trainer and you need someone to teach you how to do stuff. Why can't you just do stuff like us? And even though it was foolishness, but, um, so I, I just, you know, we would go places and we do different things, but. I never really got to do stuff on my own where I just kind of like let him lead. You know, you, he gave me specialized glasses and that was kind of cool and they had red lenses or whatever. Hey, bullet. My kitty's here. Not bullet. Um, he's been, uh, we've been progressing together, haven't we? We've been nice. We've been good boys. And we've been bonding. Yeah, he's a good boy. Um, anywho, so we've been, um, so we started working together but I all I cared about was going to like the gallery and, and all these places downtown and I remember the first time we went on the train and then we came back up from underground and I just thought we were like in another country or another planet or something I just remember it was so fascinating like ooh where are we now and it's like we're just downtown Philly and I was like ah I, that don't make sense um but like I just was enamored by the dumb stuff like oh there's the escalator and there's this and these things and I really wasn't paying attention in the way that I should have and then what happened was as I started to show a little improvement we switched schools and he ended up still staying where he was and I you know I did not get another trainer um, and that's what sucked because if they would have given me someone else and who could have, or kept him, I probably would have really changed my outlook and how I was going about things. But again, I was still really young. Um, but whatever, so be it. Um, I didn't get another one until high school. And honestly, like, she was a nice girl, but she was so anal about everything she did. Everything had to go her way. She was very persistent on that. And we didn't we didn't bond at all. I mean we had moments like she was a nice person and I I know part of it I was difficult too. You know, there was funny moments where like it got to the point where I knew she was coming. So I would just like ask my teacher um 
can I go to the bathroom or I wasn't feeling good let me go to the nurse and then they would come in and then eventually they would go to find me at my class and I wouldn't be there and then it was like I think her name was Tara or something like that and they were like Terry or whatever and it was like she's coming to find you you know meet her at you know Miss Johnson's office or classroom and I go okay cool whatever and, and you know you hear it on the loudspeaker and then you know I'd wait like 10 minutes or whatever and then I would go back to my class and they'd go did so and so find you yeah yeah I got her and then she just would go home or go on to her next client or whatever she would do and I don't think she had really she might have had one other person in that school so she probably had to go home and go somewhere else um, so I made her waste her time a lot um, but it was just because she was so difficult and I just said screw it so I started being a dick back um, and again like I'm one of those people that needs tough love but I also need some sort of love and I think she just came out the gate with the tough love and I already knew what that felt like. And it's like, if that's what you're going to give me, you're not even going to try to be nice to me. Not that she wasn't, she was mean, but we just didn't connect at all. And it got to the point where just, I just basically kind of ran her off, uh, which is unfortunate. I mean, I, I feel bad for that. But again, I was young and stupid. And what are you going to do? Um, you know, and again, I hope nothing but the best for her. But I didn't hold a grudge against her. I just, she just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, right idea, just poor execution, I guess. Um, but so be it. Whatever. Um, so I didn't get another one after that until after college. You know, it was after Lori died. Uh, I'm in, I'm in my like heyday of my depression, deep into that. And I was just feeling depressed. I couldn't find. You know, I was, I was trying to find jobs, and no one. Let me any place I would try it would just let me down. Um, you know, or my eyes would die out when trying to do applications and it just you know, I, I was going through a lot of eye stuff too at that point. So and my confidence was shot at everything. Um, you know, I talked about way back when or the first couple episodes where I didn't want to leave my house at all. Well, I did want to leave. But I just couldn't shake my anxiety. Um, so maybe the furthest I would go is a couple blocks. You know, I remember going across, uh, going around the block. You know, do doing the whole circle. You know, there's like a church there, and you know, and just go through the alleyway, or a go you make the complete, you know, square or whatever, and. That felt good. And then go out back and win a basketball court and so on. But I, I didn't I didn't really want to I didn't really know how to just get off my steps. I remember sometimes I would get up from the steps. There was two sets of steps. There would be like the there's would be like five steps and then there's like, you know, the landing area from there and you got your little it's it's Philadelphia, so it's a lot of row homes. You got your little grass area with like a railing there. And then, you know, your little walkway and then there's like four more steps and then you go up and then you're your doors there and then on the other side like right across from it is the other door the other side but the steps are attached um and so like I, when i'd be down at that second bottom lower steps closer down towards the curb i would i would sometimes get up and kind of walk a little bit and then i would kind of walk towards maybe walk a couple feet and then i'd just sit back down like i just i felt so trapped in my own head and just i felt imprisoned and I didn't know how to take advantage of 
my energy and, and, and my persistence of wanting to just get up and do something. And my mom was working and my mom didn't, you know, didn't have time to go do stuff with me. I didn't do anything. Um, so I don't remember the exact, I don't, I'm, we both kind of pushed the idea of I needed to get more independent. Um, I stopped going to college and it was like, okay, you got to do something here. All I would do is stay in my room and just play video games and cry and just, you know, play, you know, cuddle with Diva. Like I didn't have anything. Um, so they gave me, uh, I got to a hold of the National Federation for the Blind and they gave me a, you know, they have all these different programs, uh, kind of like what Paul talked about, like what he went through in Pittsburgh, but they come to your house here. And so they gave me someone who could help me cook and clean and then someone who will help me get around out in the world. It's all about making me more independent. Well, the first person that came was a girl. She was terrible, just really bitchy and we didn't bond at all. Another one, um, she, weirdly enough, she was very just, nope, doing it my way. I don't care what you say. And I, I, that didn't, that doesn't mesh with me. I'm fine. You know, I've always said like, I'll bend, but I won't break. So give me some leeway here. Give me some comfortability so I know that you really give a shit. Because if you're just making it all about you and, you know, you can't see it from my point of view. And you, you know, then you don't let me have any say at all. Then I'm probably going to fall back and just push you out. Um, And so I told him to give me another one. So they did. And he was really cool. But then he just stopped coming. Um, He came once or twice and you know he started showing me how to use the form and grill and the sweep and I started doing some of these things and then he stopped coming and that's like a theme in my life is people just disappearing and not coming back and eventually he apologized and he did come back and he he came once or twice and then disappeared again Um, and then at some point I guess I was on hold or a wait waiting period for this guy named Dan I don't know his last name this older guy, gray hair, but he, he walked marathons and he was kind of like a badass. He was a, he was a good dude, honestly. He was, kind of a, he was kind of a dick sometimes, but it was kind of what I needed. He pushed me in the right areas, but he understood where I was coming from sometimes. And when I did good, he really made me feel like I did good. Um, so I got him and I was already on the fence because I got the last couple people I got from there. Um, and they were kind of just they were losing my paperwork and they were making me start over multiple times um blind visual service that is and every person they gave me like i'd get somebody and they were decent and then somebody retired out of nowhere and then it's like oh, okay now we need to get you a new caseworker then i get a new one and they got fired and then i got a new one and it was like okay now now we're gonna push for you and so finally i got this one guy Mr. Dan, and he was great, and he, he, you know, he sat down with me, he talked to my mom too, but she kind of just walked away and let him help me, and so he just said, I want you to, you know, the first day he just came, sat down, he's like, I want to, let's just go walk around a little bit, let me see how you walk, and, and I was very insecure about it, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I was, 
now maybe early 20s and I'm still embarrassed about being visually impaired and I don't want to look different in front of people so I'm trying to do my cool little walk and it's not you know and he's just like just slow down let's 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 see where we're going here and so you know he's like we're going to do a lot of exercise but we need a lot of work here you know show me where you walk and you know I think maybe at the first I went was the 7-Eleven and I kind of walked fast and I kind of just went you know there, there was no cars I, I just knew there was no cars so I would just walk across the street without really looking I just go okay boom let's go and he he saw all the mistakes I was making and so then when we got back to the house he kind of pointed them all out and then he wanted me my homework was to write down a bunch of places that I wanted to go visit so then I wrote down different places and we started with the small he said let's start small first okay so well, I'd like to go to Roosevelt Mall now I lived on a street called Englewood but there's a major highway there Roosevelt Boulevard which leads to Roosevelt Mall um, but this major street that was right off towards my house was Cotman and Roland so he said okay let's first do some practice and then we're gonna cross the street but what I want you to do is it's, it's a it's a semi-decent size little street there so you can I mean a couple I don't know maybe three cars can go through so it, it's not you know you can and you could easily get hit and it's Philly people love the speed and, and so on broad daylight darkness it doesn't matter anywho um, so he said I'm gonna put a blindfold on you and I was like what he said yep and I want you to hold my hand and I said ah well okay and so you say you're in your 20s you're a male you know, you're a straight male who's trying to not look like, oh, I gotta hold a guy's hand, and it's, it's not—it's not even just like, oh, like the gay thing. It's part of that, but it's also the, you know, I'm too manly for this shit. Like, well, I don't need to do this, and I did. But so, and so the idea was put the blindfold over you, hold on to my arm, and when you hear the traffic slow down on your left side or whatever side you're the opposite side of you where the cars will be coming for going straight listen on your I mean and the, the street I'm trying to get to um, and, the, and the the cars going the opposite way is in front of me I gotta know when they slow down and then the cars on the right or left depending on what side of the street I'm on when they slowly start moving that's when I tell him to go and I you know kind of I walk him across the street without seeing at all. And, you know, maybe the first time I kind of jumped the gun because I was just antsy. But I really kind of caught on to it, and it, it did really help. It was, it's more to use my hearing. You know, as I've said, I'm so visual. But it's more to train me to use my other senses to help myself survive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Stupid allergies. Um, so then we went to Roosevelt Mall, which is... I don't know, about a mile away, just by walk. Um, and so we started doing it, and, you know, the big test was to cross the street because the Roosevelt Boulevard is actually on the opposite side of where I start off at. Um, so once you make that left um, on the, I guess, Cotman it is, and you just go straight for a while, you eventually have to cross over. Um, and you try to pick the, the smallest 
street to do it or the quietest street to do it. Um, so once you do that, you know, then, you know, you still have certain, there's just like one little area where it's just like a small patch of cement, a small little sidewalk, very thin and to the right of you, like you're kind of going over like an overpass and there's like a, underneath you is just cars. There's like a small little fence there. Um, and you can look down, but to the left of you is just cars. Zoom, 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 zoom. And it's, it's the biggest, it's, it, it, you know, there's a shitload of cars constantly going by. So you really have to focus. Um, it's really hard for two people to be, like stand side by side going down there. So if somebody's passing you, like you have to like kind of just go against the little fence area and just let them go by you. Um, and then you get across that area and there's like, there's like a middle part where like a little small little island area and you could either cross the whole thing or you could stop at a little island thing and then go. It just depends on how you see the cars going. Uh, and if someone turns and all that crap. And then there's the McDonald's and then you go down a little further and then the mall's there. Um, so he, 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 we got there pretty, pretty successful. And I was so joyous when I came back. I was like, man, I did something. Like, I really wanted to always just go there without my mom. And so I did that. And he left and he said, you know, we're going to go to another place. You know, I want to go to the zoo and the art museum and all that. But as soon as he left, I just something in me, like this jolt. I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go do it. And I was like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go to the mall. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to the mall. I'm going to go do what he just showed me. And I did. And I think I might have went and bought something like a drink or a smoothie or something at McDonald's. And then came back. You know, those, those healthy smoothies at McDonald's. Um, but I felt so good. I was like, all right. I, like, I literally I felt like I accomplished something. And, you know, again, I, I'm still struggling with the idea of trying to be visually impaired and do things I want to try to do things how sighted people do it but when every time people show me things it's like no we got to do it how it works for your eyes you know and my fight back you know my, my pushback is like oh well how do you know what my eyes look like you know even though they weren't wrong or right the same I mean they were they're both they don't know what my eyes are like but they also were really trying to acclimate it to to my lifestyle and and what I could actually do so um, so we really started going further um, you know went to the zoo and the art museum and all these places and he kind of gave me my freedom eventually kind of stopped talking as much you know he would have this little ticket thing that when we get on buses because uh, he showed me how to get the therapy which I used all the time when I was going to therapy just we went one time and I just I picked it up taking two buses and boom and just getting there and having the confidence um, but you know I was always still nervous and, and anxiety you know anxiety ridden through every ride you know every driver just like can you please let me know what when we're getting off and um, but yeah and, and like I said he had this ticket where he would where we would go like so we didn't have to pay and he would show them and they kind of always didn't really know what it was maybe one or two would there's so many drivers in philly and the routes would get changed for them and so you get you would always get somebody new for the most part um and they would just go okay here you go boom you know 
but so then he started making me do it, and that was kind of the beginning of, you know, hey TJ, your turn. Now I'm not going to say much. You know, we're going to do this. And I think the only time I really had trouble was the train stuff, when we started using the train and all that. Um, but I did really well, honestly. I started really moving, and I, I think maybe I gave up on it too quick. I got a little too confident. Um, and so, like, so I had different services as far as, um, you know, like I would, take the, I would take the bus to go to certain places, and then for doctor's appointments, I would take what they had down there called paratransit. And then there's, you know, we have a program down here called STEP where these, like, bus services, and you pay a certain fee, like $4, $5. And they take you to your doctor appointment and work and stuff like that. Um, but part of the problem with a lot of these services is that, you know, these things do cost money. Now, the bus is the most feasible. But the problem with the bus is you don't always get the best drivers. Um, I've noticed where I live now, the drivers are better. But I definitely, I have a story that some people definitely know. I'm fucking, I'm going to say his name. His name's Dave. And I don't know his last name, so, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'd get on the bus. And the first time I gave him my slip. Uh, Yeah, because he was the second bus. So I gave my transfer. And he would just go, it's over there. And I would sometimes be really having really bad eye days in the morning. Just, you know, whatever. And so one day he just took it from me and finally just said, well, fine. And he ripped it. And I sat down. And um, and so, I, you know, like sometimes I would get different because he would only be the driver for a couple days of the week. Like maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so a different driver Monday and Tuesday would be completely fine. It was awesome. And he would drop me off where I needed to be dropped off at. So, <clears throat> and just, just for reference... When I want to get off from work, I actually have to get across the street. Otherwise, I have to wait another eight minutes to where he circles back around. Um, but I actually started work earlier than a, the few of the people that were on the bus that went to the same job. So I'd like to get off across the street. Well, when he would do it, he intentionally would go all the way to the end of the block. So I would actually have to walk a lot further. And I asked him why he wouldn't do it. Other people do it. And he just says, because I don't want to. Because um, he doesn't have to. And so, you know, we never really bonded. He just kind of was an asshole every time. And I remember the second time I had given him my transfer, he said, oh, don't, he said, he said, no, you can find it. I saw how you crossed the street. If you can cross the street, you can find that uh, slot to put that transfer in. I'm like, well, where is it? And he's like, it's over here. And, you know, when he's saying it, he's, he's, he's saying it in an aggressive way. Um... So anyway, so that. And so eventually I kind of got used to it. And I eventually found the slide and just started doing it. And we got to a point where, you know, you build a rapport with people. And you you know them. And you know where they're getting off. And, you know, I could never really see that wire that you yanked down to stop the bus. Could I find it? Sure. But I always would just kind of say, hey, can you just let me off here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. He wouldn't really say much. Yeah, and I would still try to be cordial. Hey, you know, have a nice day. And yeah, he'd say, see ya. You too, or whatever. You're welcome, or whatever. And so then I get off the bus. Or, so we're getting close to the turn, which goes to my job. 
and you go down, I don't know how many feet, but you get down to it. And so I start getting up out of my seat and I say goodbye to Julia. And as I'm pulling up, actually, no, no one was on the bus. Now that I think about it, I don't think there was anybody on the bus from work. I think, it was, I think a lot of people were off. And it was one of the days I had to work. And we're pulling up towards the stop and I'm walking. I'm, I'm right next to him now. And I don't say, hey, can you let me off? Now, there's times where a lot of the other drivers, where I'm like, hey, can you let me off? Like, yeah, he's like, don't worry about it. Just, you know, and, and a lot of times I don't have to say anything. They just do it because you, you go every day. So at this point, we make the turn. We're a couple feet away from the stop. And he knows what I want because he sees me. I mean, you know, I mean, he can see it through his mirror, but I'm also standing right next to him, holding on to the pole. And as we get close to the stop, he speeds up intentionally. There's no way. I mean, I can't prove it, but he did it. And I said, "Hey, you know, you missed my stop." He said, "He he he turns at me, turns around, and goes, did you tell me to stop?'" I said, no, "I didn't think I needed to." Oh, of course you need to. He said, "You need to speak up." I said, "You gotta be kidding me." He said, well, I'm going to drop you off where I want to drop you off. So he drops me off three blocks away from work. Now, I'm having a bad eye day. The sun is bothering me. Or the sun's out and bright. Bother me even more. I'm pissed. And as I'm walking out, you know, you need to speak up more. I flip them off. And, you know, part of me wanted to go and maybe I should have been more mature about it. But no, you know what? Fuck that. That's stuff I shouldn't have to deal with. Now, no, not all drivers are like that. And he needed to be trained better and so on and so on. Same with any profession. And I made a, I made a complaint. You know, I got into work and I walk in and really pissed off and frustrated. And, you know, that shit hurts me because I, I don't want to have to deal with that, man. I don't want to have to fight. I don't want to have to argue physically. I don't want to do any. I just want to be left alone. I just want to go to work and just come home and so on and so on. But he made it so much more difficult. And it, and it scarred me from using the bus again. And I made a complaint to their management. They said, well, it should be on camera and so on. And they said, we'll get back to you. Never again. I called them and they said, there's nothing they can do. And they just let him get away with it. And he did it to other people. And he just, and he, they, they reported it and he got away with it again and again. So I say the bus is the most feasible way. And I had a lot of bad experiences in Philly where just people would just go, okay, well, you, you know, you didn't pull the string at the right time, but I, I said, can you drop me off at this street? And they go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they would drop you off the wrong place. And, and they would go, well, you know, it's back that way somewhere. And now I have to try to find my way with crappy eyes, terrible anxiety. And really not knowing really where I am and just kind of winging it and finally, you know, I, I, I pulled through or used my GPS or whatever. Um, and it sucks, you know. And, and there's this, the van services where it's like, okay, you could pay $4 a month each way every day. That's $8 a day. You know, 8 times 5 is 40. 40 times 4, 160 a month. That's a lot of money. And again, we're capped out. I'm, I'm capped out on my disability. As far as what I can make at work, I can't make anymore. I do okay, but it's like it's it's the principle of it. It's like I don't want to have to spend all my money on this. Then you got Uber, you got cabs. They 
you know, they're shaky at times. You know, Uber is awesome because you can track your ride and so on, but again, it's expensive, man. And especially at that time in Philly, like, it's even more expensive because you could go further to go where you need to go to. Um, but still, like, I mean, just to get to my house to work, which is like six minutes, eight minutes tops, it's going to be like a 12 to $15 ride. You're talking about both ways every day? No. It's ridiculous. And it's like, so the job market is hard enough and we don't, we never get paid what we need to get paid. You know, we're capped out with our disability. Like, they, they have a, a certain CD. You can only make so much. So we're kind of screwed. So then it's like, okay, deal with the bus um, or some of these van services. And, you know, I've had problems with them where I had one in Philly where it was more like a cab service where they use, where they use kind of cabs and, and, and like black cars and stuff and vans. And they, you know, I remember one time they dropped me off on the wrong street and just drove off. And I had to call them and they had to repick me. They had to get, they'd send out a new driver and they had to repick me up, basically. I don't even think that's a proper term, but they they had to pick me up, and I was late, and I and I, you know, missed my appointment. And it's so terrible because you have no control. This is like one aspect, and no matter how much I try, I'll never have control over it. You know, and that's why I I thought it was important what Sue Allen and I were talking about because it, it isn't easy. You know, I said, like, this is something that will never be, will never, sorry guys, I bumped the button, um, but will never be needed in this area. And, you know, you try to bite your tongue and you try to, again, you want to find some normalcy in life. You know, you want to, you want to try to live your life the best way you can. And, and you want to feel like you're independent and you want to earn your spot in life and you you don't want to constantly have to be the one that has to fight for every little thing you don't want to feel so insignificant to everyone else you, know, you always need the bus you always need someone to pick you up you never can just go like hey man I want to get up and I want to go do something you can't you always and again then you have the people that get lucky and again I, I don't begrudge them at all they deserve it like Sue Ellen she has her husband she has all her friends I'm so happy for her that she has Mike because she you know one she deserves it but two you know it makes her life so much easier and it's like I've never had that I mean I have grandma but it's like I always I always feel eventually that I'm taking advantage of her because she's 88 years old and she says yes every time, but, you know, sometimes I would just kind of wish she would say no. And you just feel like a burden to everyone because you're never, how do you make it up to them? And these are people that you love and they love you and you could offer them money, but they're not going to take it. You can try to, you know, and again, I try to take care of my friends and buy them gifts and so on, but it, it never feels like it amounts up to that. Like, or it equals up to that. Like, it's, you know, it's terrible. Um, and I always just want to help us as much as I can. You know, that's what this podcast is for. And it's like, you know, there's really no quick fix in how to help us get around. Um, 
you know, transportation is, is always going to be difficult. No matter how much I learned back in the day from with Dan and, and, and all the other people that tried to help. It it's it it's stuff that I needed. But it's like, you know, as I said with the depression episode, like, you know, you're like one incident away from, you know, being a part of the reason why someone kills themselves. Well, like with me, you know, even when I was going on my own and I was taking the bus or I was walking places or I was doing things like go sit at restaurants, I felt like my cage just got a little bigger because then I was doing things and I was doing it alone and I was just alone, you know, and I would go to a restaurant, sit down and eat and you know, and I just, no one talked to me, and I didn't talk to them, and I just would sit in the chair, and <clears throat> or like a bench out there, and, and I, I just looked around, and sometimes I would just get up and go for walks, and I didn't feel good about it, because eventually it just got stale, and, you know, yeah, I was doing well. But then I had certain incidents happen and it just kind of scarred me and it just made me not want to do it anymore. Like the bus driver incident. Like I didn't, I was feeling better and then, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel more independent. I feel like an adult. I'm actually taking the bus. Ooh. But then that happens. It's like, I'm not taking the bus anymore. I don't want to take it. And so I have that feeling of when Noah eventually either gets another job or whatever, you know, he has every right to just say no. And then I'm I'm fucked. I mean, there's no other way around it. And then I have to try to bite the bullet, but it's like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm in a, in a part of my life where it's like, and I have my feelingness inside me where it's like, I mean, I might punch this guy. Because I'm, I'm, I don't, I promise myself I won't deal with that kind of ignorance anymore. And there's enough of those people out there. And, um, and I'm trying to be strong and I'm trying not to live my life in fear of how people interact with me or treat me or whatever. I know I'm different, it is what it is. And I actually kind of thrive in the fact, yeah, I'm a little different, so be it. But, I'm just, like, there's all, like, unless I find, like, my true love and she drives and, um, you know, I'm going to have to balance this for a long time. I'm going to have to live with this. And so it's like, you know, I know sometimes I put certain stresses on me, but I can't help it because I know there's not going to be one day I'm going to wake up and just like, man, maybe I can drive today. No. I mean, I used to be able to drive a golf cart and now I don't think I could do that anymore. You know, I remember it was like, oh, my aunt was like, ah, when you get older, I'll let you drive the four-wheeler. Well, she's now dead. And my eyes are worse. So that won't happen. And no, I'm not looking for a pity party. I mean, I've done enough of those episodes and just sadness. It's just how a lot of us feel. That we don't have any alternate way of just getting 
somewhere. We always feel like we have to go that, the cheap route, I guess you want to say it. Or it's like we have to settle. You know, we have to, we have to go the visually impaired route. Um, you know, remember when I said about the school way back when, the, the high school I could have went to. And it's kind of where the kids go, just where they settle. Unfortunately, it's when people don't fight for them and, and they don't have any encouragement or any inhibition to want to push further. So they go to this place where it's they kind of all go to die, you know, metaphorically, but they go there in, you know, in an educational sense. And it's kind of, you know, when we take these certain transportation things, it's kind of the same way, like maybe not the bus, but some of the other things, because it's like we don't have any other way. Can we find a way around it? Maybe, but it's only if you find someone who takes care of you. Um, you know, we get breaks. I know Paul has a drive. Some of the drivers now, they just take him right to his house, which is unique. Um, most drivers don't do that. They'll, you know, drop him the closest street on the route. But, you know, some people get lucky. Um, and that's great. It really is. And there are some good people out there trying to help us. But I think there should be some alternate way of transportation for us. And I don't, and again, when I say this, I don't mean just for the visually impaired. I mean for anybody who has trouble getting around that, that, you know, you throw in elderly, you throw in people, you know, disabled people as far as like in wheelchairs or have trouble walking, you know, you name it and you can find um, a solution for those people. Um, and the problem is, is when they have, a lot of times people who deal with us, I'm talking about just disabled people, people who look a little different, have something that shouts out, oh, look at that. It's always people who don't know how to deal with us. They don't. They don't have any familiar uh, familiarity when it comes to um, any kind of people with disabilities. It's always somebody who's just like, I need a job. Well, you know what? That's not the people that need to deal with us. You need to be trained. You need to know how to deal with because all the people that make the rules for us and all the people that. Um, whether it's creating jobs or transportation, they all do it from the point of view of people who can see or who can walk or who can hear or whatever. It's never the people who actually are in those horrible positions or it's never the people who have kids that are, um, that have those uh, disabilities. So, and so that's what really convolutes the whole problem but again there really is there is no amazing answer floating around in my head where it's like oh you need to have this. I mean because they have bits and pieces of what we could want but there's nothing that changes it there's nothing that gives us our true independence um, you know because you got things like uber where it's like man I could just put it in the app boom they come I get in there and I get in the car but it's, it's too expensive um, yeah, $15 ride or whatever one time is cool, but every day, twice a, twice a day is not fun. You drain your bank account just getting to work. It's like now you got to try to find a way to make more money to, to make out what you're losing. Um, so we're putting these, and we don't really have any way around it. We just don't. Um, you know, and I'm not doing this episode to try to shit on some of these people out here who are working and, and, and making a living. 
It's just the system is broken. Um, it, it, it's, it's not, and again, life is never going to be fair for anybody, but definitely someone like us. Um, I, I know life will never be fair for me. I know that. But it's also, you know, I, I am who I am because life hasn't been fair. <clears throat> you know, I, I know, I try to, you know, I don't make all of the best decisions in the world. But I try to, I try to fight for all the people who don't have a voice. And I don't even really know if I have a voice. And I know this platform is something. Um, you know, it, it's... It's one of those where you just, I'm, I'm not, I'm just spewing my shit. I'm telling you guys what's on my mind and trying to help people to understand what we go through. You know, if you take the average person who has a disability, and let's say they don't have a support system, they don't have anybody, really. They li- maybe they live on their own, they have some independence, but they can't drive. You know, you make all these calls and you sign you sign all these papers of all these different programs and you get your bus pass so you can get a dollar off or whatever every time because you have your disability, um, your little disability card or whatever the hell you, it's like a little ID. Um, but it, it's all these flags that just say, hey guys, I'm, I'm broken. There you go. You know, and again, maybe, maybe there, like I said, maybe there is no real fix. Maybe it's just I'm rambling, and all the people who feel like me should just shut up. I don't know. But I also, like, we say life isn't fair, but how can we make it fair? You know, we always say these things. We have these sayings. It's like, ah, life's not fair. Well, how about we try to find a way to make it fair? You know, because life is never going to be fair even with transportation being fixed for us. But you know what? It's it's a start. It's something. Um, and I think all we do is we stare at the news and, and our phones and all these things, social media, and it controls our lives. And we we just go, oh, what's Trump up to today or not up to today or what's this and this? And, what the, yeah. and we have all these distractions and it's like California is on fire. Why are we not dealing with it? Why are we, you know, why are we not dealing with the bigger issue of the... The planet is dry and we need to deal with climate change. But we let everything get in the way, whether it's religion or whatever, and we don't we don't address the major issues. So why don't we start with smaller issues? You know, okay, the major issue when it comes to someone like me, it's like, how do we cure his eyes? Well, if we can't just jump right to that, why don't we start with something like transportation? How do we make it better? You know, because I seen, I remember seeing a, a special needs woman who was in one of those van services. And I was at therapy, and they, I guess they have a special program for them, too. They go up on a floor, and they, they you know, they hang out with them, and, and, you know, they try to give them some kind of life and friendship and, and some independence in their own rights. And it was awesome, and I, I, you know, I interacted with a lot of them, and they, they, they were really good people, um, and a lot of the good people that did work with them too. But some of those drivers would treat them like garbage. I remember one girl was sitting; she was, you know, she was had her legs like hanging out of the, you know, it was one of those slide door for the, you know, vans with the sliding door, and she had her legs going 
on the side of the ch- you know on the back of the chair um back of the seat whatever you want to call it and her legs were kind of dangling outside the doorway and so she the, the the caregiver or whatever you want to call them she said get your fucking legs in there now and she grabbed her leg or one leg really aggressively and like I was getting so pissed but I didn't have the confidence like now I'm just like screw it but so I went in and eventually told the lady at the front desk and somebody went out but they had already driven off and it sucked I waited too long but I seen how they're treated and then like I, and again of course they're not all like that but a lot of times they hire these type of people to deal with whether it's special needs or blind elderly they get these people that don't give a shit they just want a job well you know what we all want jobs we all want to stay working and you know again maybe maybe there should become some kind of pay compensation and so on to make these people feel like they're doing their that they're earning a real living and, and all that maybe we need to stop paying athletes and musicians and all these people so much money when the reality is they don't really contribute in the grand scheme of things. Not to say they don't contribute, they do, but not in the way of a firefighter or a policeman or a teacher or, um, you know, a bus driver, politician, any of these people that have tough jobs, but they choose other avenues to make it difficult for everyone else. Um, You know, like teachers, they have a very hard job. Some of them suck. You know, suck as in just they're terrible teachers. They just they treat their students like crap. But then you have the teachers who are just like a monotone voice and they don't even try to like put any effort into really connecting with the students um, and bonding with them. Because um, all the teachers that I remember the most are the ones that actually gave a shit. Not just about me, but other people as well. And so it seems with the bus driver, you know, the same thing with the bus driver, same thing with all these van services and cab services and Uber and, and um, you know you need people that give a shit and you know there's very few people in our lives that treat us like we're not different even though they know we are and that's okay we know it too but we want to be treated with the same respect you give the person across the way from us who is perfectly sighted or, or whatever. Um, you know, like, okay, for instance, like if someone is in a wheelchair, they're going to be treated differently than someone who is a veteran and is in a wheelchair, which is bullshit. Because no matter how you got in that wheelchair, unless you intentionally did it to yourself, you should have the same reverence and the same respect. You know? And, you know, I should be treated with the same respect as some old guy who's lost his sight. Even more so. Yeah, he lived his life, but I also, I didn't, you know, I'm still 20s, 30s, and I'm just trying to live my life. And my eyes are just stripped from me for no reason. So we want to just be treated the same in a world that we don't even know what the same is there's no such thing as equality there's no such thing as you know loyalty or honesty like all these major qualities that we should have a lot of us have it you know 
you know, they always say like, you know, the working man or whatever is the backbone of this country. It's like, no, man, fuck all that. The people that really know what it's like to be human are the people who have been dehumanized their whole lives, that have been stripped of their dignity or their, um, you know, their actual perspective on life. You know, no matter how much we try to get ourselves on dry land or get ourselves on just get our footing correct someone always comes over and just you know leg sweeps us to the ground because we never have a shot we never have a fair shot you know even if we keep trying to stand we're still being kicked down you know and sometimes Sometimes, you know, it's the quicksand theory, but sometimes when we try to, the harder we try to stand, sometimes, you know, I I guess I just fucked this whole analogy up, but sometimes, you know, when you try so hard, you actually make it even more difficult, you know, and then, you know, some people say just be patient or let things come to you, but you know what, there's a lot of things that aren't going to change, you know, yeah, you can write and you can yell and do a podcast and do but if you don't have enough people fighting alongside of you one or two voices don't mean anything to anyone um so again that goes with everything not just what what i'm fighting for but i know a lot of people that are going through you know even that are, are using the transportation that is presented for them now and they hate it it's just they don't have a choice you know, I have Noah right now. I have Grandma. Well, Grandma's 88. And Noah's going to want another profession. And it's like, so what do I do from there on out? You know? Because that also affects my job. Uh, or affects, you know, me from getting other jobs. A lot of jobs are out there for drivers and forklift drivers. Well, I can't do that. Yeah, there's ways around in certain things. But the world doesn't want to help that. The world doesn't want to make changes for me. That's That costs money and time. So they'd rather someone who doesn't want to work as much, and this is a whole other episode, but they, they would rather someone else who just wants the job. So it goes along with the theme, the theme here, you know. A lot of times people just get jobs because they want a job. It's like, well, you had other jobs. It's like a lot of times someone gets fired multiple times or quits multiple times. They have a tracker, but it's like, nah, but they have they have all this employment. You have one or two jobs on your resume. This guy has 30. It's like, yeah, but he's only 40. Like, he has a job. Like, he's getting a new job every two years. And so that's why we get a lot of these crappy drivers and, and you know, whatever profession you're pissed off about um, and everybody wants to be, feel like they have a little power and I think it's part of what that bus driver was like he just was like yeah he's not going to say nothing to me I'm not I'm going to deprive him of uh, his little stop there he wants to, he wants to stop there to say something and it sucks man I, no one should have to go through that and um, so yeah guys I'm sorry I know I'm rambling I, I really just kind of just wanted to get this stuff out. You know, Sue Ellen kind of triggered something for me. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I really want to f- get together with people and just try to figure out a better way for us to get around. 
excuse me, <clears throat> get around. I think we, um, we, we, you know, we've been starved of that for way too long. Nothing is changing, you know. Yeah, technology and you know, there's different services, but it's never going to be for us. We have to find a way to change it. And you know, we there's voices out here, but we, we stay silent so much. We never stand up for our rights and we never stand up for what we believe in. We're, we're waiting for other people to do it. We're waiting for other people to tell the world, hey, we're here too and we matter. Well, you know what? They don't hear you because you're saying it, you know, into your phone or into your television or whatever. Say it to some people that matter. Um... So yeah, I'm just on a just on a side note, everybody we gotta try not to get so distracted by shit. Stop worrying about so much about this dumb election, about who's better. They're both shitty. That neither one of them are gonna change anything for our reality. We have to start smaller and work our way up. You, know, you want better choices in life, whether it's the president? Or it's um, bus drivers or whatever. We got to start with, you know, let's say like the I-beams the of the building. You got to start with the infrastructure, the things that help hold it up. You go all the way to the top and you start with the roof. How are you going to build? It's got to it's gotta lean on something. So you want to make real change you want people to accept certain cultures and, and, and ethnicities and you know you want violence to stop you want certain things and blah 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 certain legalizations and all that well you know what you got to start with the core um, and the reality of it is like we have to stop being so divided you know I know this is a small side tangent but it, it, it's still relevant to this we have to start loving each other I know it's cheesy, but we do. We have to stop giving a shit about all the things that we really don't give a shit about. We have to stop letting people tell us how we feel. We have to stop watching news channels like CNN and Fox and all the other crappy ones below them and letting them dictate how we feel. You know, have your own mind frame. Don't become a puppet. And um, as I said, love other people, man. You know, you just be who you are. Find the things that make you happy. But, you know, we got shit going on right now that's just horrible. Animals dying left and right in these damn fires. And people in California with those fires. Like, we had the one in Australia, now we have that. The, the fires in California that are just not never-ending. You know, we finally got some rain today, but it's like... You know, the weather's cooler now, but the world is, you know, and the coronavirus not knowing what's what, you know, we're almost a year in and we don't know shit. Um, you know, I turn 32 next month and it's like, man, I hate to say it, and this isn't even just a depressing thing, but it's like, why do I even want to live in this world? It's just so broken and just everything is just being destroyed around you. You know, um, so yeah, guys, just try to be 
try to find something to hold on to. Take care of your health. Take care of the people that care about you. You know, find your own space that you can find your little happy place and all that. And and as I'm saying this to you, I'm saying this to myself too. To all the people that listen and the people that don't listen. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you again. Um, yeah, well, this was this was different. Um, I don't know if it was good. To be honest, this might be my least favorite episode. I don't know, but it had to be said. Um, so you guys, I keep saying that. Like, here it goes. It's like, all right, when are you gonna fucking end this? Sorry, we are going to end it now. Bye, guys.